Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. But so far, none of us have been able to take a permanent place in our privileges and abide where we may enjoy the fullness of this mighty power. Mr. Kenyon went on and expressed my convictions. I've said these very words myself. But we have a conviction that before the Lord returns, there will be a mighty army of believers who will learn the secret of living in the name. Hallelujah. Of living in the name. Of reigning in life. You're listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the series, The Name of Jesus by Kenneth E. Hagan. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan's message. Wigglesworth said, the seven of us joined hands around that room, around that bed. He said, let's don't pray. Let's just repeat the name of Jesus. And the seven of them began to say Jesus all at once, in unison, out loud. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And he said, the power of God came down in that room, came down on that fellow. And I said to him, there it is, there's your healing. There's your healing. But then it lifted. And then we, as we held hands, began to say again, not pray, but just say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And the power of God came down on that man. And I said, there, there's your healing. There it is. But it lifted. And again, we lifted our voice. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And the power of God came down on the man. His lips began to move. Weaken. In the throes of death. Wigglesworth said, I put my ear down to his mouth to see what he was saying. And he said, I've been bitter. I'm going to have to repent. I've been bitter. I said, cry out to God. Ask him to forgive you. And I said to the people, now you just go downstairs because there's an upstairs bedroom. I'm going to stand here and watch. Just let God do it all. See, the name did it. The man repented of his bitterness. Wigglesworth said, I saw the man get up out of bed and dress himself. I never touched him, never, never helped him. Dress himself, walk down the stairs, healed, raised up from a deathbed. Went out that night in an open air meeting, testified, raised up almost from the grave. One of the general superintendents of the Assemblies of God up until the past general council, they had several superint- assistant superintendents. Now I just have one that had four. And one of them said to me, he started preaching when he was 14 years old, just a kid, you see. And as about a 16-year-old boy is holding a meeting up in Iowa, a youth meeting, 16-year-old boy, but he'd been in ministry two years, he's standing in the home of the pastor. The pastor was called away to preach the funeral of someone who used to be a member here and moved away to another state, you see. And he had to be gone for a couple of days. And in the nighttime, he stayed there, you see, with the pastor and his family. The, the pastor had children as old as him. He's just 16 years old. But in the nighttime, one of the members of this church came uh, to the postage. They didn't have a telephone. The, the, the pastors did, but the people didn't. So they came about 2 o'clock in the morning to the postage because a little child, about three-year-old girl, in their home was sick and went into convulsions. And so the pastor's wife was going because the pastor's not there. He's traveling that night all night to try to get back home. And so she asked the advantage, just a 16-year-old boy. Now then when he's talking to me, of course, he's a grown man, superintendent, assistant superintendent of the Assemblies of God. And he said to me, he said, uh, 
Uh, you, you know, I went along with her, you know, and because I'm a minister, the pastor's wife was not just really a preacher. She was in the ministry with her husband, but she's not called a minister. They asked me to pray, and there that child is in convulsions, and I laid hands on it and prayed, and I did everything that I'd ever seen anybody do and heard, said everything I'd ever heard anybody say. You know how you young folks are. That's all you know. You know, it's what somebody else did. And uh, uh, nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. We said everything that we knew to say. We did everything that we knew to do. We pushed every button, so to speak, we knew to push, pulled every lever we knew to pull. The child's still in convulsions. We were there on our knees. And this pastor's wife began to sing. In English, praise the Lord, glory to God, hallelujah, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And by one by one, we just picked it up and sang. Praise this and sing the name of Jesus. And while we were singing, the child suddenly grew quiet. Convulsion ceased. So we stopped singing. Stood around for about ten minutes and visited. Child seemed to be fine. Suddenly it went back into these convulsions. Well, we prayed. I laid hands on it again. Known to resolve. Said everything I ever heard anybody say. Rebuked the devil. Commanded every, you know, the child to be well. And everything, nothing seemed to work. But after a little bit, the pastor's wife began to sing, Jesus, 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 glory to Jesus, glory to God, hallelujah, praise the Lord, Jesus, Jesus. And by one by one, we picked it up. She just sang. And we began to sing praises unto the name and sing the name. And suddenly all of the convulsion ceased. And he went on with the meeting, was there for days and weeks, and the child was perfectly well. Oh, there's power in that name. I said, there's power in that name. There's power in that name. And that's what Kenyon was talking about. He said, some of us have experienced the authority invested in the name of Jesus. Amen. But so far, none of us have been able to take a permanent place in our privileges and abide where we may enjoy the fullness of this mighty power. Mr. Kenyon went on and expressed my convictions. I've said these very words myself. But we have a conviction that before the Lord returns, there will be a mighty army of believers who will learn the secret of living in the name. Hallelujah. Of living in the name. Of reigning in life. Hallelujah. Living the victorious resurrection life of the Son of God among men. If, Mr. Kenyon went on to say, our minds could only grasp, and I think here's where the problem is. If our minds could only grasp the fact that Satan is paralyzed stripped of his armor by the Lord Jesus Christ and that disease and sickness are servants of this man the Lord Jesus Christ and therefore of his name that at his voice they must depart our minds could grasp that you see it would be easy to live in this resurrection realm you remember the 8th chapter of Matthew? You remember when the centurion 
talked with Jesus. That centurion said, My servant lieth at home sick, nigh unto death. Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. But remember the centurion said, But speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, or set under authority. And I say to this one, Go, and he goeth. And to another, Come, and he cometh. Now what's he saying? Say the word only. Speak the word only. He's saying just like I'm a centurion. I've got men under me. I say to this man go and he goeth because I have authority over these men. And I say it to another come, he cometh. So you, he's talking about Jesus now. You've been, the centurion saying, you've been set over disease. You have authority over disease as I'm set over these hundred men. And I'm called a centurion. So you are the master over disease and sickness. That's what he's saying. Over demons and the laws of nature. All you have to do is speak the word and your servants obey. And I speak and my servants obey. So you just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. In this beautiful illustration, this 8th chapter of Matthew, we see that the centurion had risen to a higher plane of spiritual appreciation of Jesus than most born-again, spirit-filled believers have today. Don't shout me down now because I'm preaching real good. Now, if Jesus the person, the Lord Jesus Christ, the man... As the centurion said, and he was right. I am a man under authority. I've got a hundred men under me. I say to this man, go, and he goeth. I say to this man, come, and he cometh. They must obey me, for I'm their master. They are my servants. So what's he saying to Jesus? You have authority. You're authorized. You have authority over sickness and disease. All you've got to do is just speak the word only. And they'll obey you. Disease will obey you. Sickness will obey you. Amen. That's all you've got to do. Just speak the word only my servant will be healed. He said, go thy way and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto you. Now you see, we're living in a day today. We know this in this world, in our own nation, that was built upon biblical and spiritual principles. But there's an intense battle that's been going on this wage for years. It started several years ago. Right here in America. In the church world, you can see it. Church groups are growing more and more modern and liberal, as we call them. Denying the deity of the man of Galilee. I read one of the leaders, one of the main leaders of one of our denominations. And I read this. He wrote it. He said, after nearly 50 years in the ministry, I no longer believe in the virgin birth. Of Jesus Christ. If he's not virgin born, he's not deity. He's not God. He said, in fact, I've come to this conclusion that you don't have to believe in the deity of Christ. I'm not going to discuss it, but I'll just say I don't know whether he's the son of God or not. Well, you see, of course, to him, the name of Jesus means nothing because he's not deity. You see, my friends, the deity of the man of Galilee is the crux of Christianity. Amen. That's the thing 
that makes his name powerful. If the deity of the man of Galilee can be successfully challenged, then Christianity has lost its heart and it will cease to function. It will become a dead religion. There is no denial that the challenge of his deity has already begun its reactionary effect upon society. We can see it in our colleges. We can see it in our educational system. We can see it in our liberal and modernistic churches. We can see it in our society. If Jesus is not deity, then he is not God. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. This month's special offer is the Health Food Devotional for the discounted price of $12.75. Get this dynamic resource to start your new year off right. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. Don't delay. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagan Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagan. And for those of you in Oklahoma City, oh, yeah, we okay. are there on Sunday night, 6 o'clock, 8921 Northwest Expressway. Come experience Sunday morning on Sunday night. We are there live with Rama Bible Church. With Rama Bible Church. Yes. Well, thank you for helping us. If you're within driving distance of the Rama USA campus, then you'll want to make the drive to see the amazing Rama Christmas lights this season. Lights are on through New Year's night. Come see over 2 million breathtaking Christmas lights. Plus, experience the animated displays and grab a hot chocolate. For more info, visit rhema.org today. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we continue with the teaching by Kenneth E. Hagan, The Name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.